0: Good morning. In today's headlines, a Connecticut jury orders Infowars host Alex Jones to pay close to $1 billion. Meanwhile, Jones continues to frame the trial as a free speech case.
1: The Justice Department has charged 11 pro-life activists for blocking access to an abortion clinic. Find out what supporters had to say in their defense at a press conference yesterday.
0: Former Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard has another surprise. It comes just a day after announcing she's leaving the Democratic Party.
1: The Saudis say the Biden administration wanted them to postpone production cuts for a month. Is there a connection between that request and the upcoming midterms?
0: And with midterm elections fast approaching, the Biden administration has a new plan for record numbers of Venezuelans at the U.S.-Mexico border.
1: Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan.
0: And I'm Evelyn Lee. Good Thursday morning. Today is October 13th.
1: Yeah, that's a tall order for Alex Jones to pay. You know, Evelyn, there are questions as to whether or not he can actually pay that much. I mean, an economist who testified at the trial valued Jones' net worth at only about 130 to 270 million dollars.
0: That's right. Yeah, you're right. Well, but let's go over to updates from the trial first. A jury ordered him to pay almost $1 billion to families of victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook shooting incident. The podcast host now asks followers to flood InfoWars with donations. And Daniel Monahan has more.
2: The judgment was for falsely claiming the families were actors who faked the tragedy. The verdict is the second big judgment against the InfoWars host for claiming the massacre was staged. It came in a lawsuit filed by the relatives of eight victims. An FBI agent who responded to the shooting was also a plaintiff. Jones says he now believes the shooting was real, but he said in one of his shows that he had a right to
3: publicly question whether it happened. They have used these families, and now they're coming after your free speech, now they're coming after your right to listen to what you want and hear what you want.
2: The trial was marked by weeks of emotional testimony from the families. They filled the galley each day and took turns recounting how Jones' podcasts about Sandy Hook compounded their grief. Jones had already been found liable. At issue was what damages the families of eight Sandy Hook victims were entitled to after Jones profited for years on podcasts about the shooting. This drove traffic to his Infowars website and boosted sales of its various products. Jones briefly threw the trial into chaos when he took the stand to rally against his critics and refused to apologize to the families. Parents of Sandy Hook victims reacted at a press conference.
4: From a personal standpoint, what it does to me is it shows that the internet is not the wild, wild west
5: and that your actions have consequences.
2: Nicole Hockley, whose daughter was killed in the Sandy Hook shooting, expressed her gratitude to the jury.
3: This is sending the right message that people are good and that good does prevail.
2: Jones vowed to appeal the Connecticut ruling and said his company's ongoing bankruptcy will protect InfoWars in the meantime. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
1: The Department of Justice charged 11 people in Tennessee last week for blocking access to an abortion clinic in 2021. Defendants and their supporters held a press conference on Wednesday. Here's NTD's Jeremy Sandberg with more on what they had to say.
4: THE FREEDOM OF ACCESS TO CLINIC ENTRANCES, OR FACE ACT, MAKES IT A FEDERAL CRIME TO OBSTRUCT PEOPLE FROM OBTAINING OR PROVIDING REPRODUCTIVE HEALTH CARE SERVICES AND ALSO ABORTIONS. 87-YEAR-OLD CONCENTRATION CAMP SURVIVOR EVA EDEL IS ONE OF THE 11 PRO-LIFE ACTIVISTS BEING CHARGED WITH VIOLATING IT.
6: WE HONOR THOSE WHO, DURING WORLD WAR II, TRIED TO SAVE VICTIMS OF THE HOLOCAUST yet punish those who try to save pre-born babies from abortion now. What has happened to us? What has happened to our nation?
4: A federal grand jury also indicted seven of the activists on charges of civil rights conspiracy. Supporters of the defendants feel the legal foundation behind the charges is outdated and wrong.
2: Both the Supreme Court in June and the will
4: of the people here
2: in Tennessee have spoken on this matter. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion.
6: The FACE Act is built upon the premise that abortion is a constitutional and civil right. And that was never true. That was always wrong. It was a lawless decree. The Supreme Court even admitted it in its most recent opinion that it handed down on Roe v. Wade. So since that's the case, the FACE Act is, should essentially now be null and void.
4: Civil rights law prohibits two or more people conspiring to injure, oppress, threaten or intimidate any person of any right or privilege secured to them by the Constitution or laws of the United States.
2: This is not about judicial prosecution. This is really
6: about political persecution.
4: Pastor Darren Stid, assistant director of Operation Save America, sees the charges as an attack on faith.
6: The federal government is weaponizing the FBI right now. The, the Biden administration is weaponizing the FBI since Roe v. Wade was overturned to attack as many pro-life Christians as he possibly can. And what we want to do is shine a light on that so the whole public sees it. And we got an election coming up in November. We praise God we live in a society that still has elections. So we want to draw as much attention to this coming up to that election as we possibly can.
4: State Senator Mark Pody believes the charges are unconstitutional and that it's important to stand together. THAT EVEN THOUGH IT MIGHT NOT BE AFFECTING US OR SOMEBODY WE KNOW PERSONALLY, IF WE LET IT HAPPEN TO OUR NEIGHBOR, SOONER OR LATER IT COULD HAPPEN TO ALL OF US. AND we GOT TO BE VERY, VERY CAREFUL NOT TO LET OUR GOVERNMENT TURN INTO A tyrannical GOVERNMENT WHERE IT CAN JUST DO WHATEVER IT WANTS WITHOUT FOLLOWING DUE PROCESS. IF CONVICTED, THOSE CHARGED WITH CONSPIRACY FACE UP TO 11 YEARS IN PRISON AND A FINE OF UP TO $250,000. Those charged with FACE Act violations face up to a year in prison and a fine of up to $10,000. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
0: Some more news on former U.S. Representative Tulsi Gabbard. The former Democrat will campaign for a Republican U.S. Senate candidate before the midterms. The one-time presidential candidate announced Tuesday that she's leaving the Democratic Party. Gabbard says she can't remain in the Democratic Party that is, in her words, under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness. Trump endorsed Don Balduck announced yesterday that the former Hawaii congresswoman will be stumping for him. Balduck is a retired army general that won the Hampshire Republican primary, he will face incumbent Senator Maggie Hassan in the general election. Here's what Gabbert had to say on her podcast Tuesday. Who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti white racism, who actively work to undermine our God given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. She also endorsed Trump-back Joe Kent. On Wednesday, Kent is running for a U.S. House seat in Washington state.
1: Gabbard has not yet said if she will be joining another political party. Her announcement on Twitter reached over 8 million views in two days. And Saudi Arabia said today that the U.S. had urged the kingdom to postpone a decision by OPEC and its allies to cut oil production by a month. That would have been just before the upcoming midterm elections. The Saudi statement didn't specifically mention elections. However, it stated that the U.S. suggested the cuts be delayed by a month as supposed to be being implemented at the October 5th meeting in Vienna. A month delay would have put them just before the November 8th elections when they wouldn't have influenced prices at the pump. The elections are crucial to Democrats who have narrow majorities in Congress. The Saudis also criticized attempts to link the kingdom's decision to Russia's war in Ukraine.
0: In other news, U.S. and Mexican officials have agreed to a plan to curb rising numbers of Venezuelans crossing the southern border that will enable the United States to expel Venezuelans to Mexico while also granting humanitarian access by air. The latest border scheme comes less than a month before the U.S. midterm elections. U.S. authorities will now begin managing access of Venezuelan migrants by air. It's similar to the approach the administration took toward Ukrainians earlier this year. They must apply, have a sponsor in the U.S., and undergo screening and vetting. There are also vaccination requirements, and those who cross the border unlawfully will be returned to Mexico. Meanwhile, the number of Venezuelans picked up at the US-Mexico border has more than tripled since last year.
1: The UN General Assembly voted on Wednesday to condemn Russia's attempted annexation of four Ukrainian regions. It demands that Moscow immediately reverse its actions. The vote in the 193-member world body was 143 to 5. 35 states estimated that, including China and India, it was, that the, it was the strongest support for the General Assembly in Ukraine and against Russia. Of the four resolutions since the start of the conflict on February 24th, Western nations engaged in intense behind-the-scenes lobbying ahead of the vote, while Russia's ally Syria warned against isolating Moscow. And coming up, homelessness is surging after many lost help from COVID programs. We speak to Sam Sembers, who is the founder of a nonprofit to end homelessness. And Virgin Orbit prepares for the first rocket launch from UK soil in a converted jumbo jet. The company says the air launch will be the Uber for satellites. Stay tuned for more in just a minute. Welcome back. New York investigators have made the largest fentanyl bust in the city's history, exceeding last month's bust record. Officials said on Wednesday that they seized more than 300,000 rainbow-colored pills and more than 20 pounds of powder in a Brock's apartment. Together, they have a street value more than $9 million dollars. Two people have been charged. Last week, authorities seized 15,000 pills as part of an ongoing fentanyl trafficking operation. This followed last month's seizure of more than 15,000 fentanyl pills found in a Lego box.
0: And now, with the end of housing programs and COVID help, cities across the U.S. are seeing a surge in homelessness. In California's capital, the number of homeless people jumped by 70% over two years. I spoke to the founder of a nonprofit organization to find out more. Joining me is Sam Zambaris. He is the CEO and founder of Pathways Housing First. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. So AP did a city by city survey recently and found with the end of COVID help, especially and also housing programs ending, there is a surge in homelessness now. So Sam, I wanna know from you, how has it been for you in the organization? Have you guys gotten busier?
6: The government uh, had, the federal government especially, but also state infused a great deal of money and was able to um, stem the, uh, during the pandemic, But but that federal support, emergency support, also stopped after the pandemic, so more people fell back into homelessness. There has always been, in in homelessness, for at least the last 10 years, more people seeking services, seeking housing, than there is housing available for them. So that pressure has always been there. It's just gotten worse.
0: And, I mean, it's quite well known that, especially in states like California, it's been an issue for a long time. Now, how are you able to help areas like this?
6: The way that homeless services help people who are homeless is, one, to try and get them connected to some service, to some benefits, or to some housing assistance. The real way that we can end homelessness in America is to invest a great deal of money, federal, state, municipal, especially federal, in the building of what we call affordable housing or public housing. And we are not doing that very well. There is not a national plan that we have consensus about in an affordable housing strategy. So we're kind of uh, having emergency solutions or band-aid solutions, but we're not really ending homelessness very well
0: and can you please you know give us a comparison between the short term solutions that solutions excuse me that are that you are seeing right now versus you know the long term ones that you just touched on
6: well short term solutions are a kind of a crisis solution oh let's get people out there and do some outreach and talk to homeless people see what they want we actually don't need to do that we know that most homeless people need direct access to a place to live other short term crisis solutions are let's build shelters you know and bring people into shelters until they can get their lives back together and get a job and get back into housing so those are emergency solutions long-term solutions are to really in, in public housing and the building of public housing so that people who are e- either on disabilities or people who are working on minimum wage can afford to get into housing right now there are many people in shelters that have minimum wage jobs But because the real estate market is so expensive, you can have a full-time minimum wage job and still not be able to afford the first month's rent and the first month's security to get back into housing. We have had special initiatives, like initiatives for ending homelessness for veterans, because Congress has agreed that veterans are a worthy group and they have invested money for rent and services. And so now we have outreach teams that go and see who is homeless, among who who are veterans among the homeless and and pick them and put them into housing with support. By doing this, we've ended veterans homelessness in the United States in 83 cities so far and 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 growing.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people would argue that what you just mentioned, you know, you categorize as a short term solution that, you know, um, get let people get um, up on their feet first and then uh, let them find a job so they can get into housing. It's interesting that you see the exact opposite working better. So um, my question is, because last year I covered a story about you know Austin building the first 3D printed neighborhood to provide permanent housing for the homeless. Now, how far is that technology now and what potential do you see in that?
6: I think any kind of housing that produces housing quickly you know, uh, would be tremendously effective. Um, You know, you mentioned Austin having the 3D technology to create housing quickly. In the city of Houston, uh, and strangely, both of these are in Texas, you know, which is not a city known for public benefits. But in the city of Houston, uh, the mayor committed to a housing-first approach eight years ago, and the mayor that followed, both administrations stayed with this housing-first approach, and Houston has reported housing 25,000 people using a housing first approach in the last seven or eight years. So clearly the solution to homelessness is housing. And some communities are doing it very well, and we're doing it very well for some population groups, but we're not doing it nationally.
0: So thank you so much, Samson Barris, with Pathways Housing First.
1: Richard Branson's Virgin Orbit prepares for its first rocket launch from UK soil. The mid-air launch will be carried out by a specially converted jumbo jet and will soon carry satellites into orbit. Here's entities Kostem and with the details.
7: Slung underneath the wing of a specially converted jumbo jet named Cosmic Girl is the rocket which will be air-launched by Virgin Orbit. Air-launching lighter payloads is more advantageous than Earth-based vertical rocket launches. Launch sites can be varied depending on the satellite's eventual orbit. You know, take the, the hurricane that just happened in Florida. NASA suddenly comes out and say we want better tracking for of, of those kind of things. Therefore, I need a satellite in a certain orbit that's going to look at the place on the Earth that I need it. I don't want it in two years' time or a year's time. People want it now. And that's where something like air launch will come in and be able to serve that market very well. The rocket, called Launcher-1, is more than 70 feet long and can carry more than £55,000 of payload into space. Over the coming days, it will be loaded with eight small satellites, including six from the UK and two from Poland and Oman. The pilot says the converted 747, one of Virgin Atlantic's fleet, was called Cosmic Girl long before its new role. I was fine, people don't believe me when I say it, but she was called Cosmic Girl before Virgin Orbit even got her. So it was almost written in the stars that this was going to be our aeroplane. The new mission has certainly made Cosmic Girl famous. Costaness, NTD news.
0: We could soon get around in electric flying taxis. A Chinese company made its debut in Dubai yesterday to snatch a market share in the highly competitive e-flying market. The Xpeng X2, created by Xpeng Aero, looks like a larger version of a regular drone. Developed by a Guangzhou-based company, is one of dozens of flying car projects around the world. The demonstration took place with an empty cockpit, but the company says it carried out a manned flight test in July 2021. The sleekly designed vehicle can carry two passengers and is powered by a set of eight propellers. It has a top speed of 80 miles per hour. Xpeng said the vehicle will arrive sometime in 2024. And coming up, a six-year-old boy never spoke a word until a four-legged companion came into his life. We have their amazing story after the break. Welcome back. We have an amazing story for you now. An, an autistic boy's world was brought to life when he met his life companion, Fern the dog. Here's the story of their incredible bond.
3: very exciting today
0: because.
5: This is Leon. He often goes by his much loved nickname, Man Cub. His parents, Haley and Carson Kirby Bolner, said he suffered from a special condition since birth called Chiari malformation a condition in which brain tissue extends into the spinal canal, giving him chronic headaches. When he suffers from a Chiari headache, he becomes very upset and angry and will self-harm, such as headbutting and hitting his head. Surgery helped him find some relief, but he still suffered from feelings of isolation. He didn't want any interaction. He didn't show emotion. He would much rather sit in the corner rocking. He just, it was almost like he was in his own little world. The six-year-old never spoke a word until. Fern the dog came into the family in 2018. A once nonverbal child began to talk, and not just a little bit. The two formed a special bond right from the start.
6: Uh, straight away, you knew, the connection
5: was there the connection straight away, wasn't was The connection was there, yeah, and he had something that he could relate to, and he seemed interested, which we'd never come across before with him. Fern would also have a calming effect during man-cubs meltdowns laying on him and applying deep, soothing pressure to ease his nerves. And she's also a great protector for Man not only during headbanging episodes. She puts his nappies in the bin, she brings his clothes, he takes his pajamas in. off, uh, she loads the washing machine. She's just got all these jobs and tasks that she just lives for in the morning. She's just so excited to do them all. And not only that, Fern is trained to do certain things like locate Mancub when he runs away. She can also predict a coming headache by her sense of smell and then warn Haley who will give Mancub his medication. Seeing how important Fern was to their son, his parents have raised over $40,000 to train four dogs for other children with special needs. And each dog is trained to suit the child's unique situation. How do they raise the money?
3: Treat bags and poo bags. And let's go and make sausage dog bag.
5: Through another love of man cubs. Lock it. Homemade embroidery. Chenxi Gao, NTD News.
1: Oh, that dog, Fern, deserves a really special treat, you know, and yeah. it really is incredible that she can detect his headaches in advance and get him his medication. You know, Evelyn's service dogs are trained to sense distress and wake up veterans with PTSD who are having a nightmare.
0: That's very interesting, and I actually really love the ears that Leon had on. I don't know if you saw that, but oh, that yeah, was very cute. cute. But, you know, some experiments actually have also shown that dogs can smell cancer in patients' breasts, so I just think it's mind-blowing what these animals can do that we as humans can't do. I mean, without special equipment, of course, but we yeah. cannot do.
1: Yeah, And on to some other animal news, the National Forest Service has put out an unusual traffic warning for visitors to Utah. They want to warn visitors to Monte LaSalle National Forest that it's the time of year when livestock are on the move. A forest ranger captured this video of a herd of sheep standing in the road near Price close to the center of Utah. Rangers say it's possible to move forward when encountering a flock of sheep like this if you drive very, very slowly. And they say visitors to the national forest should be extra sheepish about taking blind curves this time of year.
0: Very funny. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) I had to throw it in. Okay, so moving on, I bet you guys remember Fat Bear Week, the contest. Your favorite. Yes, it really was, because we have a winner. The champion is in Alaska, it's Bear 747, and he has been piling on the pounds to get him through winter. Looks like it's paid off because fans voted him the winner of the annual competition, and it's been intense because a voting scandal nearly cost him his title.
3: There's a new Fat Bear Week champion at Alaska's Katmai National Park and Preserve. The annual competition starts when the park's bears congregate looking for a great big final meal before they head off to hibernation. Fans from around the world can vote for their favorite behemoth bear on explore.org. This year, Bear 747 not only ripped apart the salmon, but also the competition. Estimated to weigh around 1,400 pounds, or more than 630 kilograms, experts say he is one of the biggest brown bears on the planet. The competition, though, was filled with some controversy in the semis when officials found thousands of unverified spam votes for another bear. But after that was clarified, 747 was cleared for landing and jiggled his way to the crown. Even though 747 is not one to fish for compliments, his online profile says he keeps his status by his size alone, not needing to turn aggressive, proving that nice bears don't always finish last.
0: Man, aren't we glad they could resolve this issue and we found a rightful winner.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Don't want to lose sleep over it. And you know, it's too bad my bracket just didn't pan out.
0: Too bad. Dang it. Good luck next time. (laughs) Well, that's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you. Before you go, you can share your thoughts and your story at at goodmorning at ntd.com. So shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. Have a great day. I'm Evelyn Lee.
1: And I'm Kevin Hogan.